Welcome to Predator Radio, your exclusive podcast channel for everything predator hunting related. Predator Radio is brought to us today by our sponsor, Predator Precision. Predator Precision offers a full line of thermal and night vision optics, as well as thermal accessories. Check them out on the web at www.predatorprecision.com. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Predator Radio. This is going to be season two, episode two. And we have Travis Millard with us today. Um, Travis was on an earlier, our last episode, covering taxidermy and gave us a bunch of information on what we need to do if we want to have one mounted and the do's and don'ts. It'll be really helpful. But uh, what Travis didn't get into that I wanted to cover was um, he's a very successful trapper as well. So a lot of us that are listening to this, I assume, are like myself, predator hunters, um, that are primarily shooting them. And You've probably heard in a couple of my earlier podcasts, I kind of group predator hunters in three groups. And this is going to get a little sidetracked, but it's going to lead to why we're talking about trapping. Um, I kind of group predator hunters into three groups. There's the um, sport guys that um, are competitive and do tournaments and those guys, a lot of those guys are pretty serious about it. They save their land and they just hunt. They have separate land. Um, they're hunting for tournaments and they're, they're stack up big numbers in a weekend. And uh, I, I call them the, the sport predator hunters. Um, you've got the, the hobby hunters. And those are the guys that I think encompass a large portion of it. And it's, you know, the average guys that go out and and uh, either take a rifle they have day hunting or, or they get a, a night vision or a thermal and, you know, once or twice a month, go out and see how many coyotes they can get. Um, and then the third category is, uh, I call it the livestock hunter. And those are the guys that are trying, trying to if this is possible, diminish those numbers in that area as much as possible. They're trying to make the biggest impact. So um, I predator hunt because I love it, but I kind of put myself in that livestock category of I'm hunting 52 weeks out of the year and three, four, sometimes five, when crops first come off five, six nights a week. So I'm hunting pretty much full time and I'm really doing it for the farmers that um, have livestock. Uh, I've got some really good contacts with cattle farmers and guys that have goats and sheep. And it, I really feel like what I do doing it almost full time, I really feel like I'm making an impact. Um, but, and there's a big controversy on this, but as a predator hunter, calling them and shooting them, even though I shoot a whole bunch a year, I'm not sure that's the most effective way to stack up numbers. Um, I really feel like somebody that traps can probably stack up. I don't know if you agree or not. I, you have the background in trapping. Mm -hmm. I have the background in shooting. Um, I think time for time, hour for hour, 
of time invested, I feel like you can stack up a lot more predators trapping than you can shooting. Um, I'm putting 20, 20 hours a week, 25 hours a week in shooting. Hmm. I mean, I'm out five nights a week. Right. And uh, on a good week, I may get 12, 14, 15 a week. I know you've probably gone out and got that in a day. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've had, you know, I think 17's my highest daily, you know, retrieve on a trap line. Yeah, so. Yeah. But I'm not long lining like some guys do out west. You know, some some guys like Mark June, really known coyote trappers, they're yeah. laying up, you know, anywhere from 50, 80 a day sometimes on long line right. stuff. You know, so they're so. proven that you can really stack <clears throat> oh, up some yeah, numbers. Yeah. So that that's why I wanted to get into the, the predator stuff. Um specific to trapping so for those of the people that did not hear the previous episode kind of introduce yourself real quick and what you got here we're we're in your um in your shop that has some awesome taxidermy stuff and some stuff you've trapped and and everything but kind of let everybody know who you are and kind of how you got where you are sure so uh, name's travis millard i own and operate travis millard custom taxidermy southwest ohio um, uh, part of the Ohio Taxidermy Association. I'm the current president, so you know taxidermy's in my blood. It's just what I do, and you know help promote it. But uh, I'm also an avid outdoorsman, uh, bow hunter. Uh, I've trapped. I grew up in a trapping family. My dad was a, a old school trapper, water trapper mostly. He trapped a lot of muskrats, mink, you know that kind of stuff. Water trapping. Uh, he did some fox trapping back in the day, but then with the, you know, a lot of the big introduction of coyotes to our area changed, you know, that. changed a lot of that. So, uh, so I kind of grew up in the land trapping side of that, you know, and not so much water trapping. And I really flourished with that. And, but, uh, really respect all aspects of predator hunting and trapping. And, you know, I, I feel like sportsmen in general get one-sided sometimes where oh i like shooting with a gun i don't like trap you know i like it all i like i like learning it i like the showing the respect both sides of it and you know like you had stated you didn't know if you could take as many as me well i see i see the the advantages now to some of this thermal stuff at night and you know being able to get those shots off where you might have a trap shy coyote that you just can't catch you can go in there at night and get him with a thermal, you know. So, so I see the aspect of both, and and more than willing uh, to talk and help teach trapping to your guys who listen to you guys for the predator hunting side. Absolutely. So, and I teach uh, trapping courses for the 4-H every year. They come to me, and I'll take eight or ten kids out, depending on what programs the 4-H is running that year and their outdoor stuff, and. Uh, so it's kind of a heritage thing with me. I want to keep, you know, trapping kind of alive and teach people that there's ways to do it and and not bring bad publicity to trapping. It's kind of one of those things that gets a little bit of a, a bad uh, rap sometimes, you know, so. So let's kind of start from the beginning. <clears throat> if somebody wants to get into trapping, uh, somebody like me who knows nothing about trapping, right. has no background in it, um, and I want to trap, let's say for the purpose of what I do, uh, predator control for livestock management. Right. So I want to stack up some numbers. Mm -hmm. I've got land with livestock. Um, what's, 
what do I need to know? What do I need to consider? The types, uh, types of traps. Mm-hmm. Like you, you kind of have to. There's what snaring and leg holds, yeah, right? So there's different. Is that pretty much the two? Yeah, it's kind of the two for for land trapping for coyotes and fox and that stuff. You're gonna have two sides of the fence per se. You'll have leg hold traps or snares, and okay. you know, so that'd be kind of the different equipments you're looking for so if we're going into the scenario that you know jeff's already got permission to be on these lands and you don't have to worry about gaining permission that's a whole nother talk on how how to really sell yourself to a landowner to gain permission to trap because you know some people's wives might have that perception that oh man that's going to be cruel you know so but if you've already got the permission to be there now you're looking at equipment and we'll we'll talk mostly i'm more of a leg hold trapper i do do some snaring but i'm mostly a leg hold guy um quality traps to me is a priority and i'm not affiliated with any brands it's not like i have any kind of sponsorships or i'm just a normal guy that traps and but i've learned over the years that some brands are better than others and uh, MB 550s are a, a probably the number one coyote trap that you can buy, okay. and there, and there's all different types of that um, standard coyote trap. But the MB Minnesota brand 550 just happens to be the one that I run. Uh, I run the one that's got an offset jaw, so an offset jaw versus a full closed jaw, where the the jaw of the trap actually slams completely shut versus an offset soft catch pad is what you know it's got a gap in there okay. plenty strong enough to hold a coyote won't what's have the, a pull out it, um, what's the purpose of the gap uh the gaps just they call it a soft catch uh eliminate the really hard slam down shut okay. i run them because i do have the potential of, of grabbing a, a fox in this area and uh sometimes that 550 is kind of a heavy trap for a fox and you could break a leg with it you know so I, I try to run an offset, you know, jaw on my traps, just, you know, at least. And if I do catch a gray, I've, I've not caught a gray, and the numbers are way down in Ohio. I know they're researching that. But uh, I would want to be able to let him go, actually, you yeah. know, to help with help the gray numbers. Yeah, to yeah. preserve that. So, but, uh, yeah, just quality equipment, and you gotta you got to prepare that equipment right for trapping. So when you buy a dozen, say, MB-550s, you get them. They're they're steel, and they have an oil coating on them. You know, you grab them out of there, your hand's going to be black from that. Just from where they were made. Yeah, from where they're made, the machining process, right. So that's got to go. you got to get rid of that. So you got to go through your boiling, and, you know, I I pre-skim coat a rust onto my traps. Some guys, now I haven't got into this, but it's a very popular thing, and I am looking into it. Some guys are disassembling traps, having them powder coated. Then you don't have to fool with all the the waxing and all that kind of stuff, you know, over time. A little bit of an expense there to do that, but I kind of see the benefit of it on the time saving. You know, when you're running 90 traps and trying to get that trap line done in a, you know, if you got dirty traps and you got to clean them, well, it's way easier to clean a trap if it's powder coated than if you got to boil it, wax, dip it. So what is the process know. for prepping a trap? <clears throat> so the process would be for me, I get a new set of 
MB550s. I want to get that oil off. So you want to boil those. Okay. Um, the water will separate that oil off. You could, you know, skim it out of there and then you can get your traps out. Once they're clean, you want to hang them, get them good and dry. And then you want to go through what they call a wax dip. The wax dip seals the trap and it also speeds that trap up you know, the, the closing of that trap from when it's stepped on. Okay. The wax coats the springs and all that stuff in that trap. So once you once you got that down, then you need to know what all equipment you need to have. You know, there's shovels that you use to make certain sets or sifters that you need. Um, it's kind of a basic tool, uh, tool kit that you can get. I know uh, Minnesota brand, one of the trapping catalogs I order out of, they sell a beginner trap kit where like oh, Jeff, yeah, Jeff Turner could say, hey, look, I want to buy your MB coyote set. It's a, it, it gives you six traps, gives you a sifter, gives you a, a narrow shovel for digging that dirt hole set, um, gives you everything virtually you need to go out and get started trapping. Okay. You know, so so that's the kind of things you want to get pre prepared for before you actually go out and do your trapping. All right. So you have your equipment, <clears throat> you have your equipment in order, everything ready to go. How do you pick? So you have a pasture that you know the coyotes are, are at. How do you pick where you're going to put your traps? Well, so you got to think about how coyotes travel. And I'm sure you guys think about that a lot when you go set up on a night and, you know, I'm I'm not going to enter this field this way because the wind's at my back, that kind of stuff. So I'm thinking about that as a trapper also. Um, if I look at, say, a cornfield and it's got a creek on one side, I want to think about where that travel corridor's at, where that coyote's going to come in, into that field and exit that field. And I want to set on the most high percentage areas that I'm going to have that coyote naturally there, not trying to draw him to you, right. but he's naturally there and he just stumbles across something. Because when you start trying to draw a coyote to you, it's a little different. Like cat trapping, you could set up flagging and, and CD spinning in the wind. Cats are different. They're curious. They're going to come to it. Coyotes are not like that. They don't want to... They don't want to see nothing abnormal. Right. So you Anything need to, out of place I call it being on target. You want to be on target when it comes to coyote trapping. Okay. <clears throat> so if I come into a field and there's a creek line and you're in visually, you're looking at a square cornfield, creek line on the right. And in the back of it, there's a tractor path that leads you across that creek and into the next field. That tractor path is the main travel corridor for both of those fields. I will set both sides of that tractor path the entry on one field and the entry on the other field and then i might even double set one side with with the set on the north side of it or the south side of it so when you're not there either trap can be working for you if he goes up the middle and the wind's coming from the south well then you can catch him on the north set if it's coming the opposite way you catch him on the vice versa so travel corridors and being on target and it's like hunting any other animal. You, you go set up to deer hunt, you're looking for deer tracks. I walk fields, I'm looking for coyote tracks, I'm looking for scat. Uh, I call them cookies. <laughs> I find, if I find a cookie, I got a cookie jar in my trap sack. I'll actually pick up coyote 
scat and put it in my cookie jar from one farm and then I'll place it on traps and we'll talk about that when we get down in talking about the sets but I'll use his scat to make another coyote 10 miles away somebody. think that somebody else is there yeah, you know so but uh, be on target find those tracks find his scat if you find that scat's got rabbit hair in it that kind of stuff okay there's coyotes using this area now i'm gonna think about the wind in my face before i get down and start making my set so break it down all right so and that's in one of the or in a few of the other predator academy um episodes we've done and in our hunts i talk a lot about source and destination so a couple of our tutorials i i like to to try to help people figure out like where to set up like set up and calling setup is everything everything you do before you turn the call on is more important than anything you do after you turn the call on so um it with trapping it sounds like it's it's a very similar thing and i can't reiterate enough like study your aerial maps know where your water sources like he says your travel corridors coyotes like the least the path of least resistance so from a hunting standpoint we're big on gas line cuts um high tension power line cuts you know where the company comes in yes. and trims every two or three years and cuts everything down from a hunting standpoint those are like a highway um is it like that for trapping absolutely too? those like, are those are my key spots same same key spots you're talking about for the uh predator hunting side of things those are key spots for my trap they're hunt. walking that yeah, way absolutely and those are highways yeah. and you you mentioned about being trap shy Mm -hmm. so what are some things that that create an aversion or you know we, we talk about aversions and predator calling like you know the worst thing you can do is miss because now they have an aversion to that sound that right. location so i assume being trap shy is kind educated. of the same thing yeah okay. you've educated them right. yeah and so, i call so them educated the coyotes same thing say the farm say five miles down the road and and coyotes travel you know yeah. they travel and uh but say five miles down the road, Jeff's just starting. And Travis been trapping for 20 years, you know, 25 years. Well, Jeff goes out and he's trying a couple things and his trap's not bedded correctly. It's not wedged in nice and tight. And that, that coyote steps there, but he misses your pan and he steps on and, and it rocks. Well, if it rocks, now he knows something's there and you literally will show up and that coyote will have dug your trap out of there peed all over and he'll let you know you suck like it's kind of a, it's kind of a disheartening thing to see you know but you've also educated him that the next time he comes across that dirt hole that maybe ought to check out here first what was out here on that other one so you can educate him or if he's just barely hit a pan and you've toe caught him and you i've caught coyotes that are missing front toes you know uh, he's been educated on somebody else's trap line, okay. you know, so. Interesting. All right. So is there anything else you can think uh, people need to consider when they're, they want to try to do some trapping and. Um, I would, I would like to say that if you're getting into trapping and you've never done it before, but you've been a predator hunter, well, you've got to take in Ohio, you have to take a trapper's course. 
so it's actually a good thing there's things there that you're going to learn keep you you know legal and all that so you get your trappers course in i don't know if all states require it but i know ohio has a trapping course okay. so uh very easy to do very good setup you can do ohio's online now you don't even have to go to a class. You can just get online, do the course, answer your questions, and now you got your trapper's permit. So, and I know Missouri, if I go out there to trap cats or whatever, I got to show my Ohio trapper card to go there and okay. do that. But um, be smart about trapping uh, in like your, where I live, there's lots of farm fields, but there's also lots of residential areas that are somewhat close, not yep. really, really close. But don't don't be stupid and, you know, put a trap set on a fence line just because you do have permission to be there if there's a house 200 yards away. Because nothing to scar your image as a trapper worse than if you catch somebody's Labrador. And, right. it, and it's not going to it's not going to kill him, catch him in a leg hold. But if you slam a snare on that fence line and yeah. and he comes through there, you could you could injure him or kill him. And I wouldn't want to do that. I'm a right. dog lover, you know, yeah. just like I know you are. I, I wouldn't want to injure someone's dog. I'm there solely for the purpose of catching coyotes and limiting their population to help all other wildlife, you know. So I, I keep the public image in mind, right. you know. Well, in predator hunting in general, whether you're calling, uh, trapping, I mean, the whole predator hunting industry, or probably really the whole hunting industry in general, is kind of under attack more yes. now than ever yes so we all need to be cognizant of things that are going to help our image and not hurt our image it only takes one black eye to right. really put a wrench in things and give the some of the tree huggers some ammunition exactly to, to use against us so and, we don't want to be fueling that fire anymore. and i never i never bow down to being shameful or or you know not proud of being an outdoorsman and a trapper but also, I'm not going to just, if if I know that there's a neighbor close to a farm somewhere that I'm trapping and, and the farmer says, hey, look, don't go over there because that lady just doesn't like that kind of stuff. I'm not going to purposely try to, I'm even going to try to be a ghost. I don't want her to know I'm even going in and out of this guy's farm. You know, I'm not going to shove it in her face and try to give them that much more ammunition to lie about us and say that we're cruel or animal haters, you know. Uh, we're conservationists first, you right. know, so. Absolutely. Well, I think we'll wrap that up for this episode. It's great stuff to um, consider. I think, obviously, there's quite a bit of education it takes for training. Like, what are some other resources? If somebody wants to get into to trapping, I mean, I'm sure there's a ton of YouTube videos. Oh, yeah. But is yeah. there other? You mentioned there's some associations. Yeah, your state but, associations, just like taxidermy stuff, uh, the Ohio State Ta uh, Trappers Association. Uh, Keith Daniels here in Ohio is the president of that. Very, very well-ran organization. Um, also, you know, Fur Fishing Game Magazine. The I don't know if anybody knows this. I happen to know it because I have one of the only collections of Fur Fishing Game uh, from 1922 to current every 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 magazine so cool. but um fur fish and game is a great conservation magazine to read covers lots about trapping 
trapping articles. YouTube nowadays is so powerful. Yeah. But but you know, keep in mind who you watch. There's guys right. there's good information yeah, there's and good bad and bad out there. Absolutely. You, you want to research those names. Uh Mark June, Clint Locklear, uh there's big name trappers that if you get on their pages and you watch stuff, Mark June sells a DVD series that is phenomenal. I knew okay. I knew nothing about cat trapping other than I'm blessed to have some places in Missouri where I'm able to go do that. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'm going to research this cat trap, and it's interesting. I bought Mark June's cat trapping DVD, watched it thoroughly, went out there on a five-day cat you know, trapping thing with my uncle out on some dairy farms. I caught two phenomenal bobcats in five days. It was just unbelievably awesome. Yeah. So One of those two is that one hanging yeah, up there? Yeah, one of them is yeah, that we'll one right there. We'll get some shots yeah. of that. He's impressive. Yep. So. But, yeah, educate yourself. Don't don't and YouTube's your friend like anything yeah. else, but you gotta be prepared for some bad information too. So <laughs> Yeah, gotta sift through it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Travis, I hey, appreciate it. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for your time and letting us pick your brain. Absolutely. And, I had a great um, time. We'll wrap this up for another episode. Remember to follow our Facebook page. Um, we're on Instagram as well, Predator Radio. And then uh, don't forget to support our sponsors for Predator Precision. Uh, if you need anything, DNA Firearms, Thermal Optics Plus, uh, MFK Game Calls, those guys really take good care of us at Predator Precision. And uh, them taking care of us is what allows us to um, bring you these podcasts and videos. Um, without them, we probably couldn't do it. So uh, if you have a need for anything that they supply, kind of keep those guys in, in mind. And uh, we'll be a wrap for today. We appreciate your time. If you guys have any questions, remember you can always message us on Facebook. And uh, we'll do our best to... Uh, to get back hold of you and we're here to help. Thank you guys.